Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life on the terms that are defined by you. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Donna Labar from Tunganic, PA. Donna is an integrative health coach who helps people heal from all kinds of conditions simply by taking a holistic approach to their nutrition and overall lifestyle. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Simple Natural Healing, A Common Sense Approach to Total Health Transformation. Donna, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Ellen. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much. So Donna, you've had a lifelong interest in nutrition and science, but you had to take things to another level when your daughter got sick. She was very young at the time. So take us back to that place and kind of walk us through what happened when, you know, how did you find out she was ill and and what happened in those very scary days? Oh, yeah. Well, my daughter was um, 12 at the time, and she was a very active preteen. She was um, in cross country. She was a swimmer, um, just and you know about to enter seventh grade. And that summer, she started to, um, you know, want to kind of lay around a lot. She said her hips hurt, and so really, I just thought it was because she was running a lot with cross country, but. Um, She started seventh grade and late in September, her coach came to me and said, you know, this isn't really normal. I think there's something more to it. Maybe you should take her to a sports podiatrist and see if there's something wrong with her feet. Maybe she needs orthotics. So I, I said, you know, I agree. I just, you know, she's has really spent the last month um, wanting to lay around every chance she gets because she doesn't feel great. So I made an appointment to take her to a sports podiatrist. And by the time that appointment came, she had flu symptoms and was really kind of sick with the flu. So um, we went to the doctor right away. And um, the doctor said, gee, her sedimentation rate is high in her blood, which means she had a lot of dead blood cells. She sent us to an infectious disease doctor. And they felt that Monica had a virus and, um, you know, that it just had to run its course. So we went back home. Um, that was like the, about the first week of October that year. And so from October till, um, three weeks into November, we just kept going back and forth to our family doctor. And I finally said, I'm too afraid to take Monica home. She had lost, um, about 25 pounds and didn't want to eat. She only drank tea and water and was very shaky and weak. So late in November, they admitted her to a study hospital a couple hours away from our home, and um, we started the quest to try to figure out what was wrong. And so she went in on a Friday, and by Tuesday, they um, came to us and said, you know, I think she needs to have a bone marrow aspiration. Um, We want to take a look at her bone marrow. So they did that and came right back and said that she had acute myeloid leukemia, and, um, and that she was in, in really bad shape, mm-hmm. that it, it was encompassing 100% of her bone marrow. And they felt like 
Um, she had had it for probably six months and that she had about two weeks to live. So oh my gosh, that's awful. Was, oh yeah. Was such frightening times. We, we just couldn't believe that, um, out of all that went on, we ended up with this cancer diagnosis. So our options were kind of slim. Uh, we, uh, we had a, a chance to be in a cancer study for children but um, they would just randomize her to some different protocols. Um, they really didn't have a protocol for this cancer in a young person. It's a typical cancer for 70 to 80-year-olds, but not, not in younger people. So um, my worry was I had kind of um, had an interest in holistic health um, from when I was a teen. And um, here now I was 40 years old and really just, you know, my casual interest went to, uh, you know, what, oh my goodness, what are we going to do here? What can I, what can I do? So I told her oncologist that I, um, the only holdback I had from signing her into the cancer study was that if I couldn't do some holistic things for her along with, um, their chemo and other regimen protocols, um, I was afraid that if something did happened to her that I would really regret that I never tried some natural approaches. So she had a really great oncologist and he just said, listen, we don't know if what we're doing is going to work. You don't know if what you could offer will work. So let's just work together and I will send our nutritionist in and tell her to support you in anything that you want for your daughter. So that started our journey. And, um, Monica, started getting um, chemotherapy right away. And she was in there for almost a year um, in intensive care a lot of the time. But all along the way, I had drawers underneath my cot that was in her room. And I had all kinds of vegetables and fruit and um, healthy salts and uh, mineralized salts and, and things that would try to keep her body um, supported um, slightly alkaline. In um, an alkaline environment, uh, cancer can't survive in that. And so I just went on that theory that you need enzymes and uh, alkalinity to support your body um, to not be a host for cancer. So, so really through the whole thing, um, the hospital was great. They supported me um, and helping her get better. So Lo and behold, a year later, she came out, um, went back to school, um, went into eighth grade, and, um, and just to carry on with her life. But our lives were significantly different because now they were about surviving cancer. So um, that wow. really just put me into a different phase of life, different outlook, a different want for myself. And, um, you know, so, did so here you... I at that point, did you start thinking, gosh, you know, maybe I'm on to something, maybe I can help other people cure their ailments? Well, it kind of happened naturally because we had a an active um, American Cancer Society Relay for Life um, group in our county. And right away, um, they before Monica was even totally um, you know, signed off and back in school. They wanted me to speak at a Relay for Life event about our story. And then, um, you know, right after that, they wanted us to be active in their Relay for Life 
um, events. So we started doing that and that led to me actually um, being a chair for that in our local area for about four years. So um, in that, people started looking to me as the person that knew how to do holistic and natural um, things to get their health on track. And so people would just come to me from all over our area to help them with um, a lot of different illnesses, but mostly cancer. So um, I just kind of became the specialist. But And really, I just researched a lot more. Um, I already had a lot of research documented, but I just started working with people with some pretty tough cases. Um, a lot of them had been told they were terminally ill by their doctor and that they should go home and get their life in order that, you know, the protocols that they had tried weren't effective. So I worked with a lot of people that had been told that and um, helped them to get get their um, a situation turned around enough that they were, you know, their tumor markers went down and things. So they were eligible then to go for a, maybe a, a, another protocol or um, a study drug that came out and make them eligible again for that because they, um, their tumors or whatever had um, really significantly gotten better to the point that now they could be eligible for something else. So all of that was exciting and it felt good just to help people in that way. wasn't doing it as a business or anything, really just doing it as a um, local person that cared and could reach out and, um, you know, stay in touch with these folks and try to help them along the way, get them to another practitioner, you know, all different kind of um, holistic health services I would connect them with. And so I just kind of became that. I became the conduit in the area for all the different health, um, holistic services and, and things like that. Yeah, that that's amazing. Do you, do you think that uh, humans, you know, in general have the power to, to heal themselves. I, I, I like your approach, how you're, you're combining traditional medicine and holistic, but it, it seems like perhaps we have, uh, you know, a lot of power within the human body to, to help ourselves that we underutilize. Oh my goodness. Well, we're born with a body that is, it has the ability to heal itself. Um, and it's working 24 seven to heal itself. So I am not a healer. Um, I really just understand that the body, everyone's body wants to heal itself. So I just happen to have studied a lot of the different uh, mechanisms that help the body to heal, but also um, not only help it, but I've studied the things that don't help, the things that um, deter healing and the things that um, get you aging faster. So if you can age slower and heal better, um, your body is going to just take over and run with that in very dynamic ways. So I just feel like I'm a facilitator of that. I, I'm a facilitator of your body's ability to heal itself. So um, it's exciting because I've had, I, I mean, just literally thousands of people um, in my life that there's been something that's helped them along the way. And, um, you know, I tell people that have a cancer diagnosis um, that are really have lost all hope. I say to them right now, if you were to scratch your arm 
and um, and start bleeding, what would you expect would happen with that scratch over the next couple of days? And they'd say, well, start to heal and and you know it would scab over. And I said, and, that, and then what next? What would happen? Well, it would probably get itchy at some point as it's healing. And so I say, well, if that scratch has the ability to heal on its own with you doing nothing, why do you think your body can't heal from this cancer? I, it's all the same. We're, we're holistic. We're, our wholeness works um, for everything. So there's no reason why you can't heal from your cancer. You just don't have the tools. You're, you're not minimizing the bad things and maximizing the good things. So that's what we're going to do. So it really um, is inspiring for people and kind of gets them going in a new direction. And of course I have like, you know, if they can't eat, if they have no appetite, I have levels of where they need to start and things like that. So, um, you know, so, but I don't just work with cancer anymore. I mean, I've just kind of branched out um, when I became certified, um, I just, you know, had the realization that the message is really the same for everyone, that we have to eat anti-inflammatory. Um, there's certain things that we all have to do. We have to have hydration and minerals um, to make our lymphatic system work properly so we can get rid of toxins. And um, that helps our body not hang on to unwanted fat. And I just kind of was able to take my education and put all the pieces together to be able to offer, you know, more of a full service for people that have health um, uh, conflicts and, and struggles. So um, then over the last four years, I've written this book because it, I needed a tool that would bring it all together for people. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I want to talk a little bit more about your book and the nutrition and everything in just a minute. But I also want to ask you, um, you talk about this holistic approach to healing and to health and, um, you know, taking control over your life in a sense. What are some of the things other than nutrition that could affect someone's um, susceptibility to disease or illness or um, affect their overall well-being. Can you just give us the overview of some of the other, you know, things that can have an effect? Oh, sure. Well, when I teach um, workshops or um, retreats, um, I I teach them that three environments affect their ability to heal, and all three of those environments are equally important. So, of course, the first one is nutrition and what you put in your body. So. Um, you know, the old uh, adage with the computer, garbage in, garbage out. So, you know, what you eat is very important, but that's just a third of the story. Um, what you surround yourself with. So if you are in a uh, toxic environment, maybe with actual pollution, um, or if you're in a toxic um, relationships, so you're surrounded by um, conflicts, um, or... If you're just in stressful situations, like a, a job that is really a high-stress um, job that just keeps you um, in a stress situation because it's just so much going on and so many things you have to consider, um, you know, if you are in that situation, 
or, or any of those situations on a, on a constant um, no relief, that's very um, debilitating to your body. And, you know, so even if you eat really well, but you step into that type of environment every day, um, your body is going to, instead of having secreting um, calm hormones like serotonin is um, secreted from your gut, and that's your feel-good hormone. And when you've secreted enough of that, it signals to your pineal gland in your brain to make melatonin, which is your sleep hormone. So all those are very calm hormones that are um, very calm, alkaline-type secretions in your body. But then you have your fight and flight hormones that are more like, um, you know, your cortisol and your adrenaline. Those are very more like acidic-type hormones that really get your body to react and um, to try to handle things on point. And, you know, all cells are paying attention. But really that type of reaction um, stress response is only supposed to happen just, you know, for you to jump out of the way of the bus or keep yourself safe. But in our um, society, in many societies, people are in that stress response um, all day long and it doesn't get shut off. They don't get a break from it. And it's very, um, it, it really keeps your body in an acid state and it gives it no rest. And it really messes up your ability to have a relaxation response and then, of course, to also be able to sleep. So um, it, even though you may have a healthy diet, if you have a steady um, dose of surroundings that are ill in nature, um, it can definitely upset your system. And then the third environment that affects us um, greatly is how we think about things. So do you have a racing mind? Do you have a monkey mind? Um, can you not let things go that are disturbing to you? So you just repeat and repeat and repeat what happened or what you should have said in your mind. Those kind of patterns, again, create secretions that are um, not supportive of the body um, healing itself. And it really ages you quickly um, it, it um, hampers healing. And so, you know, in, in our society of late, um, everyone is looking at yoga and meditation. And even if it's just chair yoga, which is, has been found to be phenomenal for people that aren't mobile um, to the extent that traditional yoga would get you moving, even chair yoga can help get you in a relaxation response. And there's meditations that are really for um, racing minds. I have a friend that teaches meditation for minds. And um, she tries to incorporate the um, response for relaxation. And, um, you know, so all of these things are kind of new out there and kind of, you know, seem new agey. But really, it's all in, a, in an effort to get Americans to calm down and and settle and, um, you know, settle themselves and not just Americans. We have other societies that are the same as ours. Like everybody is just bustling around. Yeah. But we're, we're pretty stressed out. We've, <laughs> we've got our share oh, of anxiety right, right up there. We might win number one in that category. Yeah, I, I, I think, think so too. 
But all of those three environments, so what you think, what you surround yourself with, and then what you put in your body, that is what affects this chemistry that either um, helps your body to heal itself or um, kind of disables it, so to speak, from being able to heal itself. Hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. And okay, so now I want to shift gears and get into the nutrition a little bit. But I want to ask you one of the frustrating things that I find about diets and nutrition is that it seems like every five minutes, there is some new fad. And it's like, eat low fat. Oh, no, don't eat low fat. You know, tomatoes are the cure all. Oh, no, it's grapes or you know, whatever. It's 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 like it changes every five minutes. And it's so frustrating. It makes it hard to trust in um, even what the experts are saying. So we we've talked about this before you and I, and you have an interesting philosophy on um, fad diets and uh, what is, you know, perhaps more in line with what you're recommending. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, Well, one thing that I found is um, when I went for my certification, I studied more than a hundred diets and what they had in common was eating vegetables um, most other elements were different about the, the diets. And really, I, I came away firmly not believing in diets, but believing that we need vegetables and we need them for a specific reason. And um, so do we need 100% vegetables? No. Um, and everyone's different. You know, we have bio-individuality. So what people like, what they want what makes them feel balanced and stable is different um, for different folks. But what I see as the the um, indicator to keep you in a healing mode is if 75% of your plate can be vegetables, um, half of that 75% being raw vegetables, because you need the enzymes um, active in the vegetables um, to be able to help your body digest better and assimilate better. It gives it better signals, also helps your gut flora. If you have some raw vegetables going in, it keeps your your bacteria in your gut um, with more strains and more balanced. But if the other half of the 75% is cooked vegetables, what you're getting with vegetables is um, water and minerals. And water and minerals are what you need to keep your lymphatic fluid um, and your cells able to clear and get cleaned in your um, lymphatic system. And so if your body can handle all the, the pollution that might come in from the air and from our food and you know from uh, stress hormones and be able to clear those things out because the lymphatic fluid has the right balance to be able to clean things, it's kind of like the uh, tears from our eyes are like a saline solution. Well, that's that's our lymphatic um, fluid that we're trying to keep balanced like that. And our body has a natural pH of 7.365 that it tries to maintain 24-7, just like it tries to maintain our body temperature of 98.6. So if we are able to eat enough vegetables, then we're able to support our lymphatic system, which helps clean and, and get all of yesterday's debris out of us so we can start again today. So when we're not supporting that, um, we people have weight issues, they have 
um, assimilation issues, digestive issues, and um, the list goes on and on, but mostly inflammatory problems. And, and the inflammatory diseases are cancer, diabetes, lupus, MS, ALS, um, fibromyalgia, Lyme disease, like all these things are chronic um, inflammation in nature. Um, so all of that, um, you know, happens as a result of our body not having the right chemistry and the right support. So, so people say to me, well, I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, but the unfortunate thing is they eat it in that order. They eat mostly fruit and a few vegetables. And the problem with fruit is it's high in sugar. Um, and that kind of, um, throws a monkey wrench in the equation um, when you start adding sugar in. So if you have 75% vegetables and then the 25% can really be by design by whatever you like. And so, you know, the vegan vegetarian or varied eater can all go with their own bio individuality and figure out what that 25% should be or help, you know, what helps keep them in balance. But the 75% for all of us, should be vegetables. And that's what keeps our system working properly, cleaning properly, and supporting all of our organs and keeping us young. Yeah. So, I love it. Know, it's, it's putting fuel in your body. You know, it's not, it's a different way to think about eating than I think many of us have, but it makes a lot of sense. We're fueling our body so it can do its job. Well, and when people do this, um, when they just simply go with the 75% and they, they start adding a, a live component. And when I say live, when you cook your foods between 105 to 116 degrees and definitely beyond 116 degrees, all enzymes are dead or destroyed in the food. And we, every cell in our body um, is effective with the enzymes. Enzymes are the busy workers in our body. So um, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats are the building materials, but the enzymes are the busy workers that make it happen, make them assimilate, um, make them absorb, make them connect with other things that they need to be connected with in the body to be utilized. And so when you have enzymes, a bit of enzymes coming in with every meal and every snack, the body um, just really starts healing faster. The digestion changes. And, you know, I have people that say, gee, I can't eat vegetables because my, my gut health is so bad. So I back them off and have them start out with juicing them. Or if they don't have a juicer, they put them in a blender with maybe some water or coconut water and blend them and pour them through a sieve. So they're just drinking the, um, the juice off of the raw vegetables in the beginning. So they're just getting the enzymes. And then as their gut heals, then we would walk them forward into smoothies and then um, bring them on into um, eating solid foods again. And then they could eat them as a salad or a raw vegetable. So, but I have seen miraculous change in people's health by just adding a raw component of food into every meal and every snack, and it just changes their gut um, ability to heal so much. It's just miraculous. Well, that that's amazing. And um, you kind of alluded to this. So one of the things I really like about your program 
is that it's it can work for anybody. And you say that you believe that people kind of um, know what they need. You know, some people crave meat and they need meat and other people they don't do well with meat or whatever it is um, on some level, we, we do know what we need. Can you talk about the adaptability and that 25% of our plate that um, we get to choose? Well, and to me, this is one of the most important factors because um, early on I was raised as a varied eater and it seemed like every um, group that I studied and when I was, um, you know, looking at holistic health, most of the voices out there were vegan or vegetarian. And so, it, you know, it didn't seem like there were a lot of healthy voices for the varied eater. And so once I went for my certification, I learned that um, two and a half percent of the world are true vegans. Another 3.2% or so are vegetarians. And the rest of the population of the world are varied eaters. So I really realized that there was just such um, really misconceptions and confusion about being able to eat healthy um, no matter what um, style of eating you chose. And to me, it's really, um, you know, not something that anyone should be self-righteous about and push what they do on someone else. It's really very individual because we are bio-individual. We all have different blood types. We live in different climates. Um, we have uh, different um, genes. Uh, we, we just have so many factors that play in to what we would need to support our body. Um, and the common one is vegetables. So if we um, look at trying to keep the high vegetable content in our diet and the 25% speaks to what other component of like a protein and fats that keep us feeling healthy? Um, there's, you know, healthy fats and um, healthy proteins. And we can put them in that 25% and keep ourselves incredibly energized, um, clear-minded, safe from disease. And it's really, you know, I just keep going back to miraculous, but it all is very miraculous. And people heal like in 30 days once they just start getting the right nutrition for their um, bio-individuality. So that's the exciting part of it. Yeah, that's amazing. And sometimes when we're not eating mindfully like this, we find that we crave things like sugar. And that causes these spikes and um, dips in our energy level and obviously our blood sugar. Can you talk about the why we should be careful about sugar? Well, I mean, unfortunately for us, food is such a commercial business that most food um, that is processed has a lot of sugar in it. Um, fruits are, are grown to have a higher sugar content than they um, originally did in their natural um, form, you know, decades ago. Once we realize that we can genetically modify and just alter things um, through uh, hybrid growing systems. Um, commercially, they try to do things that um, meet our uh, ability to have cravings. So, you know, wheat was genetically modified 
um, with gluten so it would have more yield, but then they also threw in a gliadin protein, which acts, um, stimulates the opiate receptors in the brain and makes you have cravings for it. And, you know, they thought they would have you have cravings for wheat, but unfortunately that stimulation makes you have cravings for sugar because wheat um, is tr uh, it really transfers into a sugar in our body. Our body, you know, makes that into a sugar. And so really the body sees it as a sugar. So it, um, you know, by eating uh, commercialized um, wheat, you, you really end up craving more sugar. And, you know, so it's really a, a kind of a terrible thing because sugar has really um, been a huge economic factor in our society and a huge problem with people's health. And, you know, young children now, um, you know, having type 2 diabetes when they're eight years old. And um, all these are just factors from our diet. And if we can design, um, you know, our meals, so, you know, if we, if we have a sweet here and there, um, and it's, you know, in, in the, uh, 25%. So I say, you know, if 25% of the time, and uh, um, and 25% of our meal is every now and then we have a, a treat, um, we're going to be okay because we're compensating for it with a lot of water and minerals that help our, keep our system stable. Um, and eating proper fats and protein helps slow down sugar from, um, making our blood sugar go up and down um, to dangerous levels. So if we have a, a good, stable diet, having a, a bit of sweets here and there isn't going to rock our world, but definitely will if it's the main thing in our diet and it's it just, um, you know, we're getting it constantly um, at each meal. So um, those are the things. They're, they're really considered inflammatory foods, um, things that convert to sugar, um, by our body are, are cause inflammation, especially if we have them, um, at, you know, too much of them, not in a balance that I'm talking about. So, um, all these things definitely have an effect. And, um, so I really, I do workshops uh, for people on, you know, um, controlling their blood sugar, stabilizing their blood sugar. And, you know, I have, um, recipes and stuff I give them to help incorporate more vegetables in and ways to stabilize their blood sugar. And it really helps get them on track, um, lower their need for medication and give them energy and clarity that they haven't had in a very long time. Yeah, that's wonderful. And your program, it's so simple. It's so doable and it makes an enormous difference, um, healing people from these diseases and just getting them back to a healthy weight or healthy metabolism and, and symbiosis in their body. It's, it's really amazing. And I love that you don't need to be perfect a hundred percent of the time. Cause that also makes it achievable. It also makes it doable in our busy lifestyle, you know? Well, we're still going to have our friends, the, you know, parties to go to our family dinners and, you know, and not everyone is on board with what we're trying to do. So you have to just keep yourself safe. Um, because you know you're on a quest to heal. So I tell people take a, a healthy dessert, um, you take a you know a healthy 
um, salad or, or, um, casserole or something with you when you go to a party, be kind to your hostess, but also, you know, something's on the table that you can eat so you can be social and you get other people exposed to the, the way, um, you're eating to support your newfound health. So, um, you know, that's when I coach people personally, I, that's part of the equation is trying to keep them safe in all different situations. So, um, you know, we, we talk about that, but, you know, also my book really goes into, um, you know, it's 18 chapters and it's all about, um, getting this, um, body chemistry to support healing and then how to keep it that way. So, um, you know, I just, it's been delightful to just see how people embrace my book. It's short and sweet to the point they grab it and run with it. And I have, um, you know, great stories to share of how people are just changing their own health by making a few tweaks. Yeah, your book is fantastic. And it it helps um, guide people through that 30 day reboot as well. Yes. And um, it kind of gets them Sorry. All those <laughs> concepts. So yeah, all, just all those concepts are in there so they can really wrap their head around what we're talking about here today. Yeah, that's wonderful. So Donna, what is the best place for people to find you, find links to your book and um, get signed up for your workshops and things like that? Where can they find you online? Yes, my uh, website is uh, www.donnalabar.com and that's D-O-N-N-A-L-A-B ar.com and my book is simple natural healing a common sense approach to total health transformation and that can be found at all your favorite bookstores it's also um, a digital book so it's with kindle and nook and uh, you know digital across all the platforms it's in a lot of um, libraries Um, it's part of a, a main book distribution system with my publishing company, Morgan James Publishing. So um, it's, you know, it's just been great because people all over are, are finding it. Um, People are sharing it with their relatives um, that, you know, just to help them get their health in check. And um, so, you know, if you go to my website, I have a link for all the bookstores kind of make it easier to find. Um, So again, DonnaLabar.com. And there's ways to contact me and my programs are also listed there. Okay, fantastic. Donna, thank you so much for being on the show. I love your book and I hope our, and I know our listeners will too. And um, I will also post links to all of your websites and materials on my website, which is readysetgrit.com. So thank you again for being with us today, Donna. Well, thank you so much, Ellen. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So I really appreciate you having me on your show today. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. You can find this complete interview and links to Donna's book and her website on ReadySetGirt.com. Thanks again for joining us. And please tune in again next week at the same time for more inspirational stories and tips for creating the life of your dreams. Before we wrap up this show, I just want to leave you with one final bit of information. Donna's story has a happy ending. Her daughter is healthy, happy, and living in Taganic, PA, where she owns and operates a florist store and has done so for the past several years. She continues to go for testing and study. She's agreed to be in an ongoing lifelong study with Penn State 
as they track her health and continued success. So thanks again for listening to today's show, and we'll see you here next week. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com, where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.